Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to my show, Signs Our Loved Ones Send Us, with my co-host Melissa M., who I'll bring on shortly, and we have a special guest tonight. He is an author, and he's also a deacon of a Baptist church named, uh, I'm, I'm saying this right, Kevin, Kevin Chappelle, and he wrote the book, Truth About Psychics and Spiritual Gifts, uh, and what the, or what the Bible says about the truth about psychics and spiritual gifts. And we'll be bringing Kevin on shortly. Um, I just want to read a little bit about Kevin and uh, give you a little bit of his bio, and then we'll bring Melissa on and then Kevin. Uh, Kevin Chappelle was raised in Southern Baptist churches, began teaching the Bible in 1992. In 1999, he was ordained as a deacon by Pima Street Baptist Church of Tucson, Arizona, and in 2006 was elected adult education director of the church. In, his, in this position, he began writing his own Bible studies for the two classes which he taught there. He began doing public speaking there by fulfilling or by filling the church's pulpit regularly on Sunday nights from 2006 to 2008 and on Sunday mornings in, his patch, uh, in the pastor's absence. Um, Kevin's interest in psychics began in 75 when he fell in love with a girl who could predict the future. This relationship sparked his interest in social attitudes towards psychics as well as discovering what he could have, um, what he could 
sorry, what he could about, I'm sorry, I don't know why this is reading like this, okay, what he could um, talk about his uh, psychic ability, how it, wor- how, how it worked. He married his wife, Stana, also a psychic in 1978. While teaching his adult Bible study classes in the mid-2000s, paranormal shows such as Medium began to appear on television, and his students began to have questions for Kevin on what the Bible says about psychics and mediums. At the same time as social media emerged on the scene, Kevin began to make friends much more easily with mediums, many of whom were pleasantly surprised at his unconditional acceptance of them, and in return were willing to share their experiences with him. Okay. At the encouragement of his wife, Stana, and their medium friend, Melanie, Kevin began writing the Bible, The Truth About Psychics and Spiritual Gifts, in 2012, based upon his findings that the Bible did not support the church's assertion that psychic and mediumship abilities were evil in origin, but rather were bona fide spiritual gifts from God. <clears throat> the book was published in May 2013. As a result of the book, Kevin has been featured guest on several internet talk shows such as David M. Baker's Beyond the Gate Radio and Colin Knight's Night Talk Radio Live. Kevin lives near Tucson, Arizona with his wife, Stana, and their son, Ryan. So I'm going to be bringing Melissa on, my co-host, and then we'll bring Kevin in, and then we'll open up the lines later on possibly to talk. Okay? Hold on, please. Hi, Melissa. Hey, Peg. How are you? Good. How was your vacation? It was amazing. Very relaxing and fun. Cool, cool. And you saw your favorite band. Tell everybody your favorite band. Rascal Flats. I did. Oh, yes. I was in the second row. I had amazing seats. Oh, so cool, cool. And you got cold as hand, too, right? That was I got lovely. <laughs> Joe Don Rooney's hand. And wow, wow. That was yeah. Life is amazing. Well, yeah. anyhow, I... I he uh, gave a little briefing, a little tongue-tied tonight. Or, I don't know if you guys, being that you live up the street, but uh, it's very hot here tonight. And everybody's air conditioning, I guess, uh, Con Ed lowered everything. And my compressor's not kicking on, so I'm sweating bullets here. Yeah, everything's <laughs> a little bit lower in work. our world, too. So. Oh, it's not good, not good. So anyhow, I'm going to bring our guest on, Melissa, and I'm sure you okay. have questions for him. But we'll let Kevin tell about himself, about his life, and about his book and his work. And then we'll ask questions, and then hopefully bring on some callers if they'd like to ask some questions, okay? That sounds great. Okay, hold on one second. Hi, Kevin. How are you? Very good this evening, Peggy. Thank you for having good. me I'm on. Good. I'm sorry I'm a little tired. I'm really, you know, I have, I, I don't know if you know, I have MS, and the heat really affects me, so my words get screwed up every now and again, even without that, but tonight I'm like sweating bullets here, so trying to, trying to get some relief, so bear with me, okay? So, Kevin, how do we pronounce your last name, Kevin? Did I say it right? Schopel. So you were, you were pretty close. Okay. I wasn't really sure it was Chopel or Schopel or what have you, so, and the name of your book for the, for the audience, Kevin? It's called The Bible, The Truth About Psychics and Spiritual Gifts. Mm-hmm. That's also the name of my group on Facebook as well, if you'd like to communicate with us there. Right. I think I just joined the group. and uh, So I'd like to introduce you to my co-host, my editor of my book, Rainbows, Butterflies, and One Last Hug, and my niece, Melissa. Melissa, this is Kevin. Kevin, Hi, this Kevin. is Melissa. Hi, Melissa. It's good How to hear you? you live. Yeah, I know, right? It's great to meet you. <laughs> Thank you so much. I've been listening to you on podcast, and the last one I heard was your your father, uh, Lee, talking on the show regarding the heaven is for real. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, we went to see that movie. That was amazing, absolutely amazing. Yeah, amazing. Yeah, Synchro. I'm sorry, Kevin? I said we thought so, too. Uh, I took Stana to see the movie on Memorial Day. And Uh I agree, boy, the the reactions fit real life so much. Yes, definitely. Well, we saw so many similarities because, as you know, I've lost two children. And the little boy that betrayed uh, um, uh, Colton uh, really looked like Colton. And he also reminded us of my son, Mark, who never much, uh, even though he's 22, looked 12 uh, forever, you know. So it kind of touched us that way. And some of the things he did in the movie touched us, which we talked about. But enough on that. Let's hear about how you came to be. You've been a Baptist your whole life, right, Right in, in the Baptist faith? Right. I I received Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior in 1988, but I was raised in a Baptist church from about the 1970s on up. And it was uh-huh. in 1975 at a different church here in Tucson where I was part of a youth group. We had a retreat up on Mount Lemon uh, overnight for the teenagers, and I just happened to meet up with a girl there that uh, we went over and sat down. And, you know, I was going to talk to her and just make conversation, and get to know her, maybe ask her out, and uh, uh-huh. I don't know, I got a little tongue-tied, I just, we were looking down at the lights of Tucson, it was about 7.30 at night, and we weren't ready to go to the chapel service yet, and and for some reason, all I could think to say was, I wonder who's winning the football game down there, because it was a Friday night, she said, I already know. Uh-huh. I said, well, what do you, what do you mean you already know, how, you know, because we weren't allowed radios and telephones and anything like that up at the camp. Right, and right. Just. So she said, how do you know? Rincon's going to lose. Rincon was my school. And I thought, okay, she's trying to tease or taunt me here. I said, well, what makes you think so? And she says, well, because Calabretti's going to win. And I said, that's the really? craziest thing. I, I didn't tell her that it was the craziest thing I'd heard of, but I thought, I, I don't get this. And so she says, no. <laughs> but anyway, I, I was trying to think, okay, there's something wrong with this logic. I said, okay, what's going to happen in three weeks when our schools play each other? I said, you know, obviously, uh-huh. if one wins, the other loses, right? So she said, right. okay, neither right. one. And, and I said, what, what do you mean, neither one? And she said, just what I said, neither one. And really? well, I thought, what's that going to mean? That the game is going to be canceled? Or, you know, nothing <laughs> crossed my mind. And right. came down after, on the next Monday morning, I found out that her prediction was right, that... Uh, my school had lost or had won their game, even though it was separate, separate games. The same right. thing held true the following week, and then the uh-huh. third week after, which was Halloween, it also happened. And I thought, we got one more week to go, and that's the game that she said neither one would win. Right. And so I was, I was, that afternoon I went over to a friend of mine who also went to the same school as, as Tammy, the girl I was asking out, and huh? he said, who do you think is going to win? And I said, well, I hate to be this loyal, but I said, I think your school's probably going to win this one. But he says, i tell you what. It's just, I said, Tammy says, neither one's going to win. And he kind of gave mm-hmm. me a very odd look and says, what do you mean neither one? I said, well, that's what I asked. Well, I have to go to work tonight. So I came back. Right. And he comes running across the street. This is 10 o'clock at night on the 7th of November, 1975, and said, he says, it was a tie. It was a tie. Wow. And he gave me the oh, so that makes details. sense then. Yeah. Right. 
And it didn't cross my mind that, you know, high school football does not go to overtime. And so right. that's a possible possibility. But I had never seen it in four years of high school, so I kind of quickly figured in my mind it's about 50 to 1 odds against a game ending in a tie, especially because there's so much drama involved with high school football. Yeah, my husband worked for um, the school system and ran the football games, so I remember remember them, and I remember a lot of arguments between the teams, you know? Wow, wow. That is unreal. But I counted so what my money after that. Yeah, so what... What, did you continue seeing this lady, young lady, or, or uh, find out more about her, or what happened then? Well, I did continue to. Um, I started keeping mental track in my mind after about the fourth or fifth thing that she said kept coming true. Uh, right. One of them I remember was just before Christmas vacation when she there was an ad that was upcoming for the bowl games on New Year's Day, and she said they're all going to be an upset. And I said, what makes you think so? And she said, because it's your birthday. <laughs> really? And she, did she know it was your birthday at the time? Yeah, she knew that January 1st was my birthday. <laughs> oh, wait a minute. Your first, wait a minute. Okay, here we go. Your birthday's January 1st? Right. My husband's was too. Oh, my goodness. It's rare for me to find somebody with a January 1st birthday. Yes. I know. You're like a beginning of the year baby. Yeah, yeah, and it's, it's funny because Kevin had wrote to me a couple things like his son's middle name being Nathaniel, which is Melissa's great-grandfather and my grandfather's name, and there was something else, your wife's birthday, like the opposite of mine, and um, that was kind of crazy because now you and my husband share a birthday, January 1st. Wow. That's incredible. That was Don's birthday, and then I just heard, of course, that April 22nd was his passing day, too. And my brother's birthday. My br- my brother, if you, I, I don't know how many of my shows you listen to. My oldest brother, whose middle name also was Nathaniel, Ellsworth Nathaniel, was named after my grandfather and my uncle, the middle name. And his birthday was April 22nd. Don passed on his birthday. My brother passed uh, April 21st, the day before his own birthday, years before that. And my dad was April 18th, and he passed on my sister's birthday, who, who she passed in May. So, But we have between the 18th and 22nd. But does April twenty second is that twenty second is that something significant with you or just the numbers that no. you two again? No, it's just that I heard that when I was listening to the podcast of your show this morning. I, I yeah, I tell you, you amaze me. The more I listen to your your uh, archives of these shows and what mm-hmm. you're calling it and how everything is so synchronous synchronistic is that the way to say it? You know, it's yeah, funny like because Mark was on last. Yeah. Melissa, Melissa's the educated one here. She's the editor. That's why yeah. not. I want I have her on the show, of course, because she's good. But she also she edits everything because I need an editor, right, Melissa? Thank you. <laughs> she's the one to ask for the words. So, and last week with Mark Ireland, I couldn't get that word out because sometimes my wires get crossed from the MS. That's how it works sometimes, and I can't pronounce things. You know, almost like a dyslexia thing at times with me. And I could not get that synchronicity out until today. I said it right. I'm like. Oh my goodness, you know. But I guess it sounds good. Sounds right, Melissa. He said it right. Definitely, yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. So, yeah, what did you think of the show, um, um, Kevin? I I actually 
the first show, it just completely blew me away in the fact that you, your first caller was someone named Wanda from Alabama who actually wound up doing a reading of you, and I thought, what's the chance that ever happens on the first show? <laughs> yes, definitely. And I was, I mean, this is before Melissa had agreed to be my co-host, and I just... It was kind of a, a weird way that I came about doing the radio show, uh, and I just did it. And then I finally said, Melissa, would you come on with me because I, I, don't, I, gotta, I need help. <laughs> I need help, you know, and it's work for us and what have you. But when Wanda called in that night, it was great, and she was right on the money with all the names. Names, there's no way. And I don't even post, you know, even if people scroll your Facebook, I don't even post some of these names that I'm related to them, you know. But every name that she said made sense, which was insanity, absolute insanity. But you know what? It's all part of the plan, as I say. And with each show, I think this is my 26th, 27th show now. You know, I started coming out and just started reading people. And, you know, I'm not always precise. I tell them the the right things down and it it could mean something later because that's happened to me when I go see somebody, you know, because I don't read myself really, you know. And um, But I've surprised myself. Even though I've had the gift most of my life, I've kind of come out of the woodwork uh, recently with it, you know, in, in full powers, you know, and um, it, it just amazed me, and I, I know it's a gift from God. So uh, how many shows have you listened to, a few of them? or? Well, I, I've listened to three altogether, and that includes Mark Ireland from last week. Mark was uh-huh. very instrumental at the time that Melanie passed in March. Uh, he's the one that came to, to the group. He was already a member of it, but uh, he had, mm-hmm. came in and informed us of the different kinds of signs like feathers and pennies, things right. that we find from each other. Like, well, even just two days ago, I was emptying a pair of Stana shorts because I was washing a load of my own clothes and said, would you like these thrown in the washer? So I took mm-hmm. the iPod touch out of there and I kind of wadded up paper towel and set them on the bed and threw the shorts in the washer. She came back later and she said, what did you put out of my pocket? And I said, your iPod Touch and watered a paper towel. She said, no money? I said, no, there wasn't any. She says, well, when I picked up the iPod Touch and the paper towel, there was two brand new pennies on the bed. And I said, really? Oh, <laughs> uh, wow. Melissa's a big one with the feathers, Melissa. Tell him some of your feather stories. She, she get, and I mean, she gets so many at one time. Right, Melissa? Oh, tell him, I do. Tell him, share one of your with the feathers, like you know, Melissa. Melissa's also a teacher, and okay. it's, yeah. So one of the stories, and then we're going to get into Melanie and and Stana's uh, and and how you met Mark Garland. I want to hear it all. So I'm I'm so excited about this show. I really am. Well, I don't have any one particular feather sh- story or anything, Melissa. I'm, I'm sorry to tell you that, but usually it's just that we note when feathers show up in unusual places where, say, we wouldn't expect to find a, a feather. Uh-huh. You know, like I, I found a guinea fowl feather on the floor of our bedroom, and we haven't had guinea fowl for quite a time. Really? Wow. Well, she gets not one feather. She's come out to go to work and tell, tell them, we'll share that one when you went out to go to work that one. Actually, okay, more than one occasion. so one of the nights, the night before I had called you on the phone, we were just talking about memories of Meg and Mark, and it was one of the radio shows. And Mm -hmm. so I was just kind of thinking about them. And when I went to go to work the next morning, my car was covered in white feathers. And they were (laughs) all over the top, and there was some on the front. And I, like, took a picture and (laughs) sent it to Peggy, of course. But I had never seen that many feathers at one time on my car. And there weren't any birds around. I mean, there's birds in my neighborhood and everything, but not with pure white feathers like that. I've never seen anything like that before. 
And I thought yeah. it was kind of symbolic of them because I had just been talking about them, and then the second I woke up, that's what I saw. And I was almost like, you know, that's a sign that they're recognizing that they're really still here, you know what I mean, in spirit form. Well, so. that's a funny thing. Melissa and I, too, is that she's also gifted, uh, more so even than me. Uh, she does the automatic writing, which I never I never even knew she had the gift. And we had started comparing stories when she was editing my book. She was in Binghamton, New York. I'm in Westchester, miles, hundreds of miles apart. And there was a knocking on my roof, and there was a knocking on hers. We called each other and sharing a similar story. And the more I thought about it, it was saying, knock out that book. As soon as we compared our stories, and we started comparing more and more and realizing she didn't know I had abilities. I didn't know she had abilities. She's been my niece, you know, since she was born, and I've been around forever. And we really never talked about this. And all of a sudden, these things, talking about synchronicities, things were happening with us, happening with us at the same yeah. time. Mine Just was too unreal, on the wall, um, Kevin. Like, it was- yeah, I had it on the roof also, but mine was more on the walls, like right next to where I was sleeping. So I was even more freaked out. Than the roof part. <laughs> yeah, so. yeah. In mine, there was no reason for the be pounding on my roof. There was no, there yeah. was no rhyme or reason why that was happening. So that's that's how we started coming out and led to the show the book and started getting written and published. Yeah, and well, then the it book was stopped, written, but that stopped, is not. It's it been out. had been laying around for years, and and I added yeah. some more. But, but uh, I needed an editor, you know, so uh, she was it. And ironically, I had no idea she was going back to school to become an editor, <laughs> you know. So everything happened at the right time. So, Kevin, tell us, um, now, your involvement with Melanie, uh, she was a friend of yours that also lost a daughter, right? Right. She lost her daughter, Roxanne, on the 26th of March, 2009, just one week uh-huh. after what after what was uh, Roxanne's 29th birthday, and she uh-huh. was still trying to she she was still grieving very much over Roxanne. In fact, I think she really did all the way till her own death four months ago. That mm-hmm. yeah, you that's know, what I wanted. Um, was she ill for quite some time, or or did she was it a sudden passing or? To me, it was it was very sudden. I mean, she had had her times in and out of the hospital for intestinal um, surgeries, which you know was not the case at this time. She she seemed to be up and well, and you know we had just had a group reading in Coolidge two weeks earlier. She was planning to come back down for some of the people who couldn't make it to that one. She was also mm-hmm. talking about maybe coming further down to Tucson if I could find a home to host uh, a group reading in. And on the very mm-hmm. day she passed, she was actually going uh, to get refills of her prescriptions. You know, like, okay, I'm I'm not going to be dead. I'm going to be here to take these refills. Um, right. And then I was informed the very next morning I got her ringtone. I thought, this is an odd time for Melanie to call. And it was her husband saying that she had passed away. And it just oh, my goodness. Very sudden. And I thought everything she talked about with me had to do with future plans. She had even been mm-hmm. contacted by a New Zealand filmmaker, Brian Shannon, um, due to the fact that she was a natural medium, uh, and he was very interested in doing some documentary on her. And she right. was so excited in telling me all about that in our very last phone call from 3.30 to 4 o'clock on March 7th. Mm-hmm. Wow. And because, that, March know, 7th is your wife's birthday? No. Uh, my wife, wife's birthday is February the 8th. What I was making the comment to you about is that March 7th is exactly the calendar opposite of your birthday. 
Wow, wow. Yeah, cuz I'm well I'm I'm actually 97, you know, September 7th. Wow. That is crazy. Today is the calendar opposite of my birthday. Wow, oh that's true. That's true. Wow. Wow. Now, this thing with Melanie, did her um I'm 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 not I don't know that much about her and I did get your book uh, Mark, but I've had a very I'm sure you've seen on Facebook a surprising weekend with a lot of events going on so I didn't get to read the whole thing and I I love it so far. It's great. It, it's it's really great and it's kind of the book I've been looking for, you know. Um uh, uh Kevin Mark's book last week was like phenomenal. Uh each one I'm reading is they're so they're so intense, his book and now uh, your book, and about subjects other people don't really write where you get into details of all these things. Um, tell us uh, about Melanie, how she came into your life, how long you've known her. Was she always a psychic? Uh, did it happen after her daughter's death? Um, can you fill us in about that? Well, certainly. Well, let's, let's start with the oldest incident, how she knew she was a medium. She had... Um, because she was sick at one point when she was four years old, this is 1960, she was sleeping in the same bedroom with her grandmother. She woke uh-huh. up in the middle of the night and happened to see a man standing beside her grandmother's bed. Right. She tried to wake her grandmother and say, there's a man standing by your bed, and her grandmother just said, yeah, go back to sleep. Well, right, right. I know it was our imagination, all these <laughs> she talked about it over breakfast. She said, there was a man standing by your bed. And you know, what he looked like? And her grandfather went and got a picture of her, of, of her grandmother's father. And she right. said, is this the man you saw? And she says, yes, uh-huh. that is him. Now, wow. and her grandmother, who also had the gift to some extent, then realize, okay, Melanie has got the natural gift of mediumship, and being a book person and a, actually a Latin teacher at the Coolidge High School, she started getting books that would help Melanie understand her gift and who, right. and who she was at an early age. Now, what happened was, uh, to get your next question answered, um, it was about you know, a year and a half after the passing of Roxanne, and she wanted to find somebody who taught channeling. And we were both knew a medium up in London, Ontario, named Tanya Thomas. Right. I get a, and so I got a message from Melanie. I'd never heard of her before. And she said that uh, I'm looking for a teacher that teaches channeling, and uh, Tanya Thomas referred me to you. And uh, now, said, how, did, how did you know Tanya? I had first seen a group... And this is when way back in my early days on Facebook that I saw a um, advertisement in there uh, for the group that they did with Carol Burroughs, which was called One Breath Beyond. And mm-hmm. they said that they did not use any gimmicks. They believed in straight communication with spirit. And I thought, after my experiences with Tammy, you know, Tammy never needed a birth date, never needed a gimmick to know what she knew. And that became my mm-hmm. mental standard, especially the Stana, for years and years mm-hmm. to come, that nobody needed gimmicks, they didn't need cards, they didn't need birth dates. And so that impressed me, and I started asking Tanya questions about mm-hmm. her ability. I told her that I told her that I was a Christian, straight up, but I, I said, I do not believe these are, are evil gifts. I said, all it is is I said there are cautions in the Bible about all mm-hmm. Are, are approaching mediums for readings. This is, this is when they still had more to learn, okay? Right. But, uh, she was very 
glad that I was accepting and she was willing for me to ask questions like what makes a medium's abilities stronger or weaker? Uh, do certain things come to you at certain times? Do things not come to you? What happens? You know, so on. And mm-hmm. so she was well acquainted with me. In fact, uh, you know, one of the questions that Tanya had asked me, she says, I know you don't ask for readings, Kevin, but she says, if I suddenly had a message and I thought, I've got to get this to Kevin, she said, would you be accepting of it? And I said, Tanya, I would be accepting. For me to turn it down, I might be turning down a message from the Lord for all I know. Exactly. So I said, of course I am. Uh-huh. And so it was about a year after that that, that you know, Melanie sent me this message. Back in those days when you made a friend request, you could give a short, maybe 100-word or less message to the person that you're friending as to why you're friending them. And, and she told me that she was looking for a channeling teacher and gave me her phone number. I didn't have mm-hmm. a chance to respond on Facebook yet, but I called her because I was waiting to meet Stan and Ryan for dinner at a place we were going to eat out at. So I called Melanie right. and I said, I hate to break the news to you, but I said, actually, I teach the Bible. I I don't teach channeling. She told me what she did, and I told her, I said, you're a medium. You've got, you've got the gift of mediumship. And she right. looked at me like, what? You know, she said, um, you don't condemn me for that? I said, why should I? I said, Joel 2.28 says, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your young men will dream dreams, and your young men will see visions. Even upon my manservants and maidservants will I pour out my spirit. And it was like, wow. wow. She said, yep. I was always told that, that women couldn't be prophets. I said, you heard what I said, you know, your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Yes. I, said, uh, yes. I said, the evangelist Philip had four daughters that prophesied. Moses' sister Miriam was a prophetess. Uh, Holda, mm-hmm. in the Testament, was a prophetess. I said, I said that, uh, you know, I said, whoever told you that, that, that women do not prophesy did not know the scripture. Right. Yeah, so I, I've had, that. I was young too, and I, um, I kind of just thought it was, uh, everybody was like that, but then as I got older, I was kind of like, I guess, considered, I was the, the, the clown, I became like a clown because I was more or less afraid of like, is there something wrong with me? Because I was a weird little kid, but it wasn't weird, weird. It was weird because why are these things happening to me? And I don't understand it. And I was feeling, cause I was born in 53. So you really didn't talk about these things, you know? And when I develop, started developing, developing around when I was sick, uh, actually it was, uh, when my MS started at nine years old, but I was told it was encephalitis. I came out of a coma and I came out different, but I had things I remember when I was about a year and a half, two years old happening to me, and I thought, well, maybe I'm dreaming this, you know, why is this happening, questioning, just, because I was a kid, I didn't know, and you didn't talk about these things, and my dad worked for the church, and my mother's side, they were Methodists, and my grandmother played at the Methodist church, my dad was the sex and the caretaker at the, the Episcopal church, but on the vestry, and you just didn't talk about these things, but there were times when my dad shared stories about seeing people, my mother and him at the same time, and when the day I came out of the coma. Uh, they had just left our church at the altar with the minister praying for me, and uh, halfway to it, they heard me call out, I'm okay. And they got to the hospital, and I came out of the coma. So he had shared these stories with me, and I, I still didn't, you know, I, I felt accepting, but not, you know, being 
so-called, I guess you call religious, that, you know, being told that it's wrong, it's not in the Bible, you shouldn't do this, it's evil, and blah, 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 blah. And so that's why I am so glad you're on the show, and you've written this book, and we can talk about and, and quote the scriptures where it's okay. So continue, Kevin. I'm sorry, but I just, I am so loving this show. I really am. No, no, no problem at all. So anyway, you know, it was after that time that I, I shared more with Melanie about why mediumship is a valid spiritual gift. And I said, first of all, I said, if you go to Second Peter three eighteen through 20, it says that Jesus was put to death in the body, but was made alive by the Spirit through whom he went and preached to the spirits in prison. Okay? Mm-hmm. You go touch there and you go over to John fourteen twelve, and Jesus says, you know, truly I say to you, he who believes in me will do what I have been doing, and he will do even mm-hmm. greater things than these because I go to the Father. Now, mm-hmm. it's true that, you know, from First Corinthians 12, we all have different gifts, but it's to say that if Jesus preached to spirits, he had his communication with spirits, then mm-hmm. how can it not be a gift from the Lord? Why do you feel that? Now, now Melissa, Melissa grew up Catholic, right, Melissa? Yeah. And attended church and baptized and confirmed in communion. Um, you were kind of taught that in the Catholic Church, not to believe in this stuff. But how did you feel when you felt your gifts developing, Melissa? Uh, were you I afraid felt, of it? Honestly, because it was a good thing because I wasn't using it for the wrong reasons, and I was doing it to help people. But I had mm-hmm. had it, like I said, since I was young. I just didn't understand it. Like, I would see things before they would happen, and I would feel, you know, things around me more than other people. Like, I go outside and I notice things that other people don't notice, like a rainbow or the clouds look like they're in a beautiful formation or something like that. I just, I feel like all the noises and all the things around me, I always understand mm-hmm. more than the average person, if that makes sense. Like, my, my senses yeah. are heightened or something that, I don't know. Makes I don't know how to describe it. Like Stella. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. She like she's going to always notice little things that I will miss many times. She's, yeah. she's so much like you, Melissa. Really? <laughs> oh, right. Nice. Not, well, not the cognitive side, but, but the, the noticing uh, of things. That, you know, she was the one that taught me to look for anomalies in nature as being signs from the Lord. Right. Right. And I totally believe that, too. I see a lot of things like that. Like yesterday I had a dragonfly land on me. And I was like, you know, that's really weird. I've never had that happen before. I've had a butterfly land on me, but I looked it up. I went online, and it says that it's a sign of renewal or rebirth, and that it also, I'm Native American, and it says that it's a symbol in Native American of your spiritual and loved ones saying that they love you. So I, I My mother was a Native American. Than, and, yeah, I yeah. look into things more than the normal person. So yeah. I was like, oh, yeah. it's probably just them saying good job or something, you know. Well, that's very much to hear. Oh, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. I'm sorry. I'm just going to say, she looks almost identical to my mother, who was a Native American. My mother was Chicago Indian. And uh, um, I kind of poo-pooed it growing up. Yeah, you know, everybody's got Indian. And you just, no matter who you talk to, oh, yeah, I got Indian blood. But my mother was really, really, really Indian blood, you know, her, to the point where her grandmother headdressed the whole nine. I never realized it until years later. This was like real close connection, you know what I'm saying? So, and then Melissa always had 
taken the appearance of my mother, and I know now that my mother had a gift. She knew things, too, before, because I was talking to my uh, sister Mary, who's still alive. I lost my sister Pat. But Mary is very born-again Christian and stays away from all this stuff and what have you. But she had remarked to me when I opened up to her about my gift, finally. She goes, well, Mommy had something, too. She she told me. And I'm like, really? You know, because I kind of thought she did. So I think it's something that's more genetically predisposed to. So so what were you going to say, Kevin? I'm, I'm sorry. I don't mean to interrupt you. We've got so many things to say, and I'm, I'm like I said, I'm digging the show. <laughs> it's helping so me understand me and, and, and Melissa and our feelings and our Christianity better. So. so I think it was just what, back when Melissa was talking about the dragonfly, I remembered that at the, when I was listening to your Heaven is for Real show, you mentioned, I believe, a candlelight vigil for Marcus, and then afterwards seeing some deer, and I'm not sure yeah. how yeah. I picked this up. Marcus and Meg, yeah. Meg died in uh, uh, Mother's Day 2002, my daughter, and Marcus three years ago, February. So it was a, we do the candlelight uh, through the compassion of friends all over the world. We have, we have our own individual candlelight things uh, 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 honoring them, uh, both of my children. So, but yeah, that, so go ahead, Kevin. You, you listened to that show then about that. Right. Well, what I was trying to pick up on, and I must have missed it, maybe a phone ring or something, but you mentioned something about seeing some deer afterward, and what hit me right there when I heard that was that when we had the memorial service for Melanie up in the Walpine Mountain Lodge, there was six mm-hmm. deer that came right up to the lodge mm-hmm. just mm-hmm. about the time we were to begin the memorial service, and I thought, wow, they had some connection with a memorial and deer also. Yes. Oh, well, and the funny thing is, that wasn't the first time Melissa's seen the deer. It's it's every time we've done something like we also have a, um, we we raise toys for sick children for Christmas on Mark's birthday. We honor Mark's birthday with doing that in memory of both Mark and Meg. And every time she leaves here, she, and she seems to connect with the deer and takes pictures and then beyond orbs show up, faces show up in the pictures, right, Melissa? Yeah, Yeah, and I just had that happen. Yeah, mm-hmm. one of the nights that I first saw the deer, I saw three deer, and I was thinking, well, that's weird, and, and I was thinking, okay, well, that makes sense. That's my cousin Meg, my cousin Mark, and their father, my uncle, and then the I hunt- took a picture. Yeah, well, because the deer were in my yard originally, and I was like, well, that's really weird. So where the deer were, I aimed my camera and took a picture, and then up in the sky, I saw the three orbs, and I was like, what is all that blue? I'm like, why is there blue in that picture? That doesn't make sense. And then when uh-huh. I closed up, like I zoomed in on my phone, I saw their faces in the blue. And my daughter's face was uh, anything like that before. It looked like uh, it looked like Mount Rushmore. My daughter's yeah, face it was like in the Mount middle. Rushmore. Yeah, it did. It stood right out. And I posted that picture. I got chills. <laughs> I, I still get chills even though I do this. That's the angels touching me. Say, Mom, you're all right. You're right. Um, but the, I had posted that picture to Facebook, and one of Meg's friends that, you know how people friend you because they knew you were New York kids on Facebook, but they really don't talk to you? I had gotten started getting responses from kids that she went to school. It was like, oh, my gosh, that, that yeah. was so her face. Her hairdo from the 80s, and, mm-hmm. and other people saw it. So it wasn't just something that our minds were doing. Other right. people too. It was amazing. When I first noticed it, that's when I called you, and I was like, you've got to see this picture, because I knew right away exactly what it was. I don't even know what made me look for that. I just went uh-huh. I saw the blue dots. I was like, why are there yeah. blue dots? And I just zoomed, like just out of, you know, guesswork, I guess. I just knew yeah. and I was taken aback. I've never seen anything like that in any of my pictures until then. Well, so, I'm going to talk about this week. 
took too uh, uh, that it was taken and but I, I want Kevin to continue about um, <clears throat> now uh, did does uh, your wife or Melanie have this happen with pictures did have you ever gotten like the orbs or have you gotten faces show up in pictures or um, faces and pictures have not um, and for the most part the shots I had seeing the orbs originally didn't impress me but what really rocked me about Three months ago, I was at uh, Melanie's memorial service, as I was describing earlier, and I had turned over my camera to Ryan to shoot the videos of the service. Mm-hmm. Right. So anyway, he had the the camera stationed on a bench, you know, aimed at me so that you know there would be no camera shake. But anyway, I was doing the eulogy, and four minutes into the eulogy, and I had just said the words, you know, that. I did not ask for proof that she was a medium. I just loved her stories. At that moment, an orb comes down just over Reverend Barb, who was doing the service, went around her, came down, touched my feet, went back up in a curve, and exited to the right. Wow. I did not even know that was in the video, and I uploaded it for the group. Yeah, that's a lot of things. I don't see them right away. You don't... get home and you're like, oh my goodness, you know? Right. I had gone, I had, because it took five hours to upload that video, I went ahead right. and set it up on my computer and Stan and mm-hmm. I went into the city to take, doing, doing some shopping. I came back home and I was getting messages, did you see that orb? And wow. so I went back and I looked at it and I thought, I've never seen anything like this. I said, this, this totally debunks any sort of thing about, you know, lens flares or anything like this, because you mm-hmm. know, I said, if it were a camera effect, there, there would be sharp, jagged movements. This was very gentle, almost like a feather drifting yeah. all the way till it touched my left foot and then drifted upwards like a feather in a double curve. Wow. Well, and that's I like just this thought, week when my grandson's showing up, we took pictures, and I haven't really said anything to anybody on, on the Internet about it yet. But in two of the pictures, one with his girlfriend, whose name happens to be Meg, as his mother and my daughter, and one of the ones with me, my hand disappears, almost like a movement. But in the one with him and I sitting there, my daughter's face appeared where my hand should be, next to my heart. I will, I'll send you that picture. I have also – I have – I have a site that I've posted other pictures. My first uh, event that we did, Melissa, you remember with the um, that first year market pass on his birthday, the one in Austin. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, in that picture, my husband's face appeared. Meg's name was scribbled over my head. It was smoke filled. I'll send you that also. But I have a site with all these pictures on, and I have ones with stories that are going in my next book called Racing Harness in Heaven because I have three other books coming out and uh, still writing them. But um, uh, I would pictures with details of what's what but when i saw this picture after chris left i like oh my gosh there why don't i see my hand i thought well maybe movement but then i looked and i saw my daughter's face i said oh my gosh and she was like right in the middle between us you know and the one with his meg there was also that same thing with my hand again but in the other pictures everything was clear it didn't make any sense to me except that she was there, and then I was contacted by someone who's going to be on my show. I don't know. Have you heard the um, the show Ask the Angels with Sonny Wells and, and Christine DeMunk? Not yet, no. Okay, I'll send not. that to you. 
Well, we've just kind of like you, you know, we authors and what have you, we meet however we meet either on the Internet or through groups and uh, listen to her show, and she's going to be on my show on the 15th. She's on her way to a trip before I really knew Chris was coming, telling me she had bought my book. She was on the plane, limited access to the Internet. Make a long story short that before she picked up my book and started reading it on the plane, she was hearing the song Special Angel, which was my connection with my daughter. And it's my poem I wrote to her the night she passed. And she kept hearing it and hearing it. And then that day is a day that her son I hadn't seen in two years shows up with his girlfriend, Meg. All right. Then the next day is the girl that I took care of while I was expecting Meg, who was my first and only daughter. And she's getting married. And then she contacts me again. Now she's, in, I think, in Alaska on vacation. She goes, with limited access, she goes, I kept hearing the song again, and your daughter's come to me, and she's saying again, hello, Mom, and she's with a Kate. And she wants to say hello. So both days, it was like she sent her son to me, and she sent me to Tracy's thing. It was just the weirdest thing. I mean, it gets weirder and weirder to me at times. You know, it's wonderful. But uh, I've had pictures shown up where I went on a site, and then this guy had a picture in his store in Jersey. I didn't know. And it was as clear as day of my late son, Marcus. And then I sent him a picture, and he wasn't a believer in any of this. I sent him a picture of Marcus. He goes, oh, my gosh, it is your son. He goes, why is he showing up in my door? Because he wanted me to go to this site, obviously, which I never go to, and see it. So it just – these are clear – some of them are very clear pictures. There's no mistaking. But, but I, I'll send you those and let you see them for yourself. So it's amazing. But that, that is you. amazing. That is amazing. Oh, my gosh. So Melanie's been gone just about three months, and you really haven't, you said, done any other radio shows since, and this is kind of the first, and you felt it was kind of ironic because mine is the signs the loved ones send us and what have you. Do you feel like uh, she's doing some kind of uh, intervention with us here, getting us together, or what, what, what are your feelings I on I that? I believe that, and, and I have had at least um, five other mediums who have said she is working with you, she considers you brother, she will be with you as you put together, I'm, I'm working on the second book now, which is Melody's mm -hmm. Life, but basically more focused on the fact that she was a fantastic medium, but also served the Lord with all of her heart, and I thought when I ran across you and saw here's somebody who's a medium she serves the Lord with all of her heart they lost mm -hmm. a daughter who was about the same age, I thought my goodness this is, I mean this is almost like if Melanie was back again. Wow. And then well, I, you know, my, you talk my about, you know, name not, not that your voice is the same, but that you both have this style of talking to where you just, just let your hair down, natural, uh, mm -hmm. you know, down-home down friendly style of talking. You both are saying the same. And it's like, you know, if Melanie could have been doing a radio show, she'd be you. Oh, that's wow. Funny. That's such a compliment. Thank you. Thank you. So you you had only known her what about a few years before she you met her and you just became friends through um, the lady through Canada uh, because she she wanted you to teach her channeling and what now tell us more about Melanie about her channeling and how it all began and how she did it and what she did. Well, she didn't really do channeling. She received messages from spirit, is the way she calls it. She was uh -huh. a teacher for channeling, but. But I had I've been to her group where he's basically the way she explained her mediumship ability was that it was like somebody lowered a projection screen across the top half of her vision. And then uh -huh. she would actually have spirits either point out something or it'd almost be like charades, like uh, there's an object here or there, like uh she was trying to 
there was a spirit that was trying to mention somebody in Kool-Aid's name, Bagnall. And the spirit mm-hmm. showed a bag and then showed a nail, you know, to mm-hmm. kind of get the idea across that this is the person. Um, right. But she would, you know, they would show her scenes. They would sometimes mm-hmm. directly talk. Um but this is how a lot of her, her abilities worked. I would, I was always amazed that when she started getting messages from spirit, her hands would be all over the place. I mean, you knew that she was getting messages. But she also, oh. you know, the thing that really, I'd say she, she, she'd had the gift, you know, 54 years from the time she was four. Well, she was mm-hmm. born with it, but she noticed it at the age of four. All the way to she, she passed at the age of 58. But, you know, mm-hmm. the thing that she said that really was a, a kicker for her abilities, and I'd gotten the same message back from at least 10 other mediums altogether to date, is that knowing for certain that their mediumship is a spiritual gift from the Lord, it cannot come from Satan, really mm-hmm. took that, that, that one piece of inhibition out of them to where they were willing to go full speed ahead. I've had a couple of those that have said that they actually were getting stronger and clearer readings after that knowledge. Yeah, well, that's that's what I've been, um, you know, because a lot of people think I've gone off the deep end. You know, I've seen a lot of friends that were very supportive, well, especially when I was losing my son the past few years. And because uh, Don, my husband, passed nine months prior to Mark, and I was even though we had separated a few years before, I was taking care of him and Mark at the same time. And I'm sick myself with the MS, but so I was very involved with the care of them both. And um, and I think a lot of people thought I really went off the deep end when I started like, the book came out, and then I opened up and said that I've pretty much, I've had a gift. I was given a gift since I was a kid. And I didn't care anymore, because the more I've opened to it, the more it's happening, the more I'm not going to, I, I kind of say channeling, because I do feel at times I've been channeled. Uh, I can remember an instance back when I was dating my husband. You want to talk about synchronicities. My mother-in-law's name was Margaret. My formal name is Margaret. Okay? We both had the exact same birthday, September 7th. Her mother's name was Sarah. My mother's name is Sarah. Her mother's uh, married name was Plain. My grandmother's maiden name was Place. What are the chances of this? (laughs) Then she had died on... Yeah, and my sister-in-law, the only brother to my husband, marries a girl who is now a light worker and owns a place locally. And guess what? She shares our birthday, too. So both daughter-in-laws and mother-in-law have the same exact birthday, September 7th. What are the odds? It's so incredible that Don has my birthday. Well, I found that because, you know, when I did my show with Dave uh, Kane, who lost his son, the youngest one in the fire in Rhode Island, uh, back in 2006, I think it was, his book is 40, that's why I sent you that show, 41 Signs of Hope and My 2-2 Connection, and you brought something to my attention, even, because I've always had, Melissa will tell you too, our whole family, her father's the one who brought it to my attention, the 2-2-2s and the 2-2 connection, and right, Melissa, and then you will get them around mm-hmm. certain times, right? Yeah, Dad like- gets it looked like they would pop up, like you would be, you know, just I'm not even paying attention to it, but it'll pop up on an alarm clock, it'll pop up on my phone, just I'll just yep. be doing anything and just press the phone and it's two to two. And I'm like, oh, and that whole what's family, happening? 
Yeah, the whole family keeps getting this, and this has been going on yes, since my are. aunt Shirley, which is my middle middle name is Shirley, uh, was sick and passed, and she was in room two two two. She died at two two two. It was just crazy, it, and then it was brought up years later. Then I started seeing it, and around times that I would get some of my because I also get premonitions. Okay, that's how I started as a kid with the premonitions, and we talked about that last week with with Mark that I had turned to like his father had turned to his friend Melvin and said no I won't see you tomorrow when he died the next day I had turned to my other aunt while my parents were playing pinochle on a Saturday night like they always did and I was going up the stairs and good night good night and I looked at her and I looked at her and I said goodbye aunt Dot she goes never say goodbye it's good night and a week later she was gone she passed so that creeped me out, and it, that happened at times. I didn't. I never knew like who was going to pass, but I had feelings. I would the two two twos would pop. I would get like a heaviness about me, where almost like my energy was being sucked, sucked out of me, and yeah, almost um, like a depression. Yeah, like a depression, really. It was mm-hmm. like my energy was totally zapped. The numbers would pop, and then I would get a phone call to somebody too. I knew pass. Yeah. What do you think on that? What do you think about that, Kevin? Has anything like that happened to Melanie or, 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 or your stand on? Have they ever talked about that? Or you're talking about where energy, you know, seems to to, to feel drained or passing out of you? Yeah, or or feeling that someone close to you is going to pass, or someone that you know, and and did they have that kind of gift too? Besides having the um, uh, the other things that they do, the the mediumship. Well, one of the things that was very uh, strange with Stan in the late 1980s and 90s, sometimes still happens, is mm-hmm. that a kill a killdeer would appear to her, and she would know that someone was going to pass. One time that she was directly seeing it was that was that we were stopped at a store on our way to the church one uh-huh. day in 1991, and the killdeer passed, and just before she could even say it or think it, she said, "Granddad passed," and she really? found out later that he actually did pass on that date. And really? she went to the, she went to the funeral service, and you know then went to where yeah. we inter, interred his body. And after uh-huh. she went back to to where the body was interred, there was a killdeer again. Really? Wow. So yeah, she that's been the um, you know a lot of the premonitions were connected with the killdeer in in the 1980s and 90s for her. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. A lot of times, too, her, her gift of predicting death a lot of times is based upon, um, this is going to sound a little strange because she's also a synesthete, but sometimes she'll, she will detect things in a person's body. Like she said, the taste of the complexion of their skin tells me when they're going to pass. She really? said this one time uh, when my own mother passed away, she looked at the group, at the roommate whose name was Naoma, and mm-hmm. she said, she said, She's going to pass away sometime between Thanksgiving and Christmas. Wow. And then it turned out that I found out later from uh, Linda, who was the care home manager, that that Neoma passed away November 28th. Wow. And my wife said this on Labor Day. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. Well, see, that's one of the things I this gift, and I talked to a medium um, who would come to my son's last fundraising event for the holidays, and she, we went outside and we talked, because I really didn't know her, but I kind of knew her from Facebook, invited her to come and maybe do readings that night, and I told her about this, this part of the gift that I have, and she says, you can tell your spirits guide, I don't like that part, I don't like predicting. 
I never know who it is, but I don't like that feeling because it drains me. And she says, you don't have to have that gift, that part of the gift. But now that I'm trying to put that on the back burner, my opening up and picking up names for people and circumstances, and Melissa and I kind of, right, Melissa, we feed off each other a lot. Mm-hmm, like if we're we doing a reading, I'll say something, and then she writes something, and then she sees something, and then she picks up on a name. And cause we're kind of like the psychic, I call it aunt and niece, not the sisters, right. but we bounce off each other a lot, we find, you know, like we're working well, together. About but that, about, Yeah, go ahead. No, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, I want to hear what you say. This just kind of came to me as you were telling me about, you know, premonitions you do not like. If you think about, there was 12 times that Jesus had to tell his disciples, I'm going to be going up to Jerusalem. I'm going to be killed. I'm going to rise on the third day. They did not like hearing this kind of news. But it was something that he knew he was meant to tell. It's just like John the Baptist said in John chapter 3, a man can only get what is given him from heaven. So what Jesus was doing was passing on what was important for them to know, whether it made everybody feel bad, it was that Mm -hmm. it was important. See, I don't see the significance with me, though, um, of the importance for me to know that someone's going to pass. Was it just to, is it Codweb saying, okay, you have a gift, I'm giving you this, you don't have to keep this one, <clears throat> so you can, which has brought me to, uh, sur- for, for my other gifts to surface now, where I, don't, I really say, God, it, I, it weakens me. You know, I, I'm not yeah. trying to throw it back in his face, but I don't understand the importance except the fact that it brought me to realize that I did have a gift, and now I've gone on to read people and helping people and what have you because that I, I didn't see the significance of it at that time but I think that's what it it just led me to show that I had a gift you know what I'm saying yeah, and, and that, that um, I'm hoping that's what it was mm-hmm. no I think that's right I think that what you're, you you took it for what it was there because Stana doesn't just go out and say something if she gets a um, you know premonition about death you know, a lot of times right. you know she cannot do something with that. There's a sense of responsibility. No, I was re- huh. referring to the fact that sometimes, you know, if they, something is bad news, but maybe not death, that, you uh-huh. know, if it's important to know. And I, I should have corrected on that. But, um, but um, um, you know, this is, you know, sometimes it's simply to know that you are seeing a pattern in what you're doing and that it, it, it means that the Lord is gifting you, and I think you picked up on that, that very well in that sense. Um, this yeah. is one of the biggest things I wrote in the book is, you know, after I got past the part in the first few chapters of, hey, you know, this is a gift from the Lord, it is not satanic as you're being led to believe, then I wanted to go on and say, you have a responsibility to use your gift for the glory of the Lord Jesus Christ, as starting mm-hmm. from about the seventh chapter on. Um, I actually have a question for you. Um, Go ahead, Melissa. So I was wondering, from your perspective, why do you think certain people get these gifts and other people don't? Other people don't get these gifts. Well, here's the way it is: is that in First Corinthians chapter twelve, verse nine, it says there, all of these gifts are the work of one and the same Spirit, and He gives it to it as He sees fit. Mm-hmm. It may not make a lot of sense to us, just like why would Jesus choose fishermen rather than deeply spiritual religious leaders? Right. He knew, he knew, he knows you and me inside out thoroughly, and he chooses the gift. You know, it says in mm-hmm. Romans eleven twenty nine that God's gift and his calling is without repentance. In other words, he, he, when he makes the decision that you're meant to have a gift to go along with a calling, because you know him, 
Ephesians 2.10, it says, We are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works which he prepared beforehand from the foundation of the world. Mm-hmm. If you think about it, if that's how far back that the Lord determined our calling, he determined our gifts, and mm-hmm. he knows exactly why he made you a medium, why he made me a teacher. Yeah. Why do you I think, think that a lot other of people, people say it's a bad thing? So yeah, yeah, that's that. In fact, I was just on my way to work this morning down Sarita Mountain Road, and the spirit reminded me. He says, "You still got your lecture notes from when you had a talk in January about why the the evilness of the gift myth perpetuates." Am I saying that right? Right. Yeah. Well, first. And and I came up with a list of nine things at that time. This is six months ago. Well, and I'll go ahead and share them with your with your with your audience right now, if you'd like. Yes, please. The oh, first definitely. one is that Christian leaders are often teaching that only a born again Christian can receive a spiritual gift, and it does sound good from a pulpit. But you you heard me say that Joel two twenty eight earlier said, "I will pour out I my spirit upon all flesh." It does not put that restriction. Mm-hmm. Okay. Then, and somebody has, has said, if you're born with it, it must not be a spiritual gift because they're used to the occurrences and acts where the Spirit comes upon people. But then again, if you go to the 139th Psalm, verses 13 and 14, he says, You made me in my mother's womb. I will give thanks to you, for I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. That's not addressed to Satan. That's addressed to the Lord. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. A gift you're born with cannot come from Satan. Mm -hmm. That's what I was hoping you would say. No, because you Melissa does worry about it. I mean, she still gets uncomfortable at times. I worry about it just because people say that what I'm doing is wrong. And I just think to myself, how can I be doing something wrong if I pray all the time and I go to church and I'm spiritual how can I do something wrong if it's just what I was given you know what I mean I don't feel like yeah that it's helping people it's done in the light we pray and we pray right. for no darkness and I would never do anything I, to hurt anyone you know I'm not I've had to um take people off my Facebook because you know I'm, I'm open to constructive criticism but I mean I have been bashed and 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 and, and burnt at stake it sort of speak at times and you know, I can't have that negativity. I mean, I'll listen to them. And, you know, I had one woman, for instance, come on one time and say to me, you know, my first show, she called in because her mother had passed prior years before, and she wanted her to come through. And, well, I was my first show. I didn't know, you know, how to really work the switchboard like I do now, you know. And then because she didn't get a reading, all of a sudden she's bashing me. It's, she's got members of her family, and I'm wrong. They just became, they've been born-again Christians. They're like in their 50s, but they're, 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 they've been Christians for 25 years well what do they do with the other 25 years you know and saying how wrong i am and that i'm evil and that this is bad and 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 these signs that i received from my especially my children which they came from from the first minute they died um uh after their deaths that i uh, that that not everything's a sign and don't tell me what isn't and what isn't i know what i see right. and what i hear i'm not crazy it doesn't mean that they're and, right just because you like me to tell you something here that why you know G- did you know Jesus was called demon possessed for having I what didn't. he had? I didn't know that. Uh huh. Oh wow. yeah, I'll share it with you right now. Mark three twenty two. This is a fantasy saying he's possessed by Satan, the prince of demons. That's where he gets his power to cast out demons. John eight forty eight. The Pharisees say to him there, Aren't we right in saying you're a Samaritan and have a demon? Mm-hmm. John ten twenty. You know, you can read these in any Bible. 
Yeah. He's demon-possessed and out of his mind. Why listen to a man like that? And you know something? Jesus wow. predicted in Matthew 10:25 that you would be called demon-possessed for your gift. I'll read it to you. Okay? Mm-hmm. Really? Matthew yes, 10, definitely. Matthew 10:25 okay. out of the New Living Translation. <clears throat> Students are to be like their teacher, and slaves are to be like their master. It says, I... The master of the household had been called the prince of demons. The members of my household will also be given worse names. Wow. So when you, next time, somebody calls you demon-possessed or that you're dealing with devils, you can thank them for fulfilling Jesus' prophecy. <laughs> wow. You feel better? Because Melissa does. He, he, well, we yeah, both kind of like, you know, there were times when I think that I'm doing the wrong thing. Yeah, because so we spoke that after guilt. the show many times, and she said that. She goes, are you sure we're doing the right thing? And I said, we do things. We pray together. We do it in the light. We're, we were both baptized in the church. We both right. we, we were confirmed that we want to be, that we've chosen to be Christians, you know? How can this be wrong if we're helping and comforting, especially other grieving parents? I mean, who else could represent a grieving parent but someone that's lost two of her own children? Instead of going yeah. off the deep end, which I could have, I, I chose to work in God. You know, plan for me. You know, well, so how can that be wrong? Is that you have the fruits of the spirit, and you love, joy, peace, uh, tenderness, gentleness, long-suffering, kindness, uh, such as that. But let me share something here with you. See, this mm-hmm. is one of the things that they use. You know, they they take a scripture and mm-hmm. then use it with their own little twist on it. You know, Second Corinthians eleven fourteen to fifteen. You look up at the mm-hmm. Bible and it says, Even Satan disguises himself as an angel of light, so it's no wonder that his servants also disguise themselves as servants of righteousness. It does not mm-hmm. mean that every time you see an angel, it's a disguised demon. It's just saying mm-hmm. that he can't do that. That's why there's still the test in Scripture uh, from First John um, uh, 4, 1 to 3, where it says, Do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see if they are of God. You're commanded mm-hmm. in First Thessalonians 5.21, do not despise prophesyings, but test everything. Hold on to what is good. Avoid every mm-hmm. kind of evil. Wow. And the Bible says test, test, test. Don't right. assume. Right. And so the fact is, but what do we have now? We've got people that are jumping to conclusions. You know, they look mm-hmm. at the story of, you're familiar with the story in Acts 16 of Paul and Silas approaching a slave girl in Philippi mm-hmm. who had a spirit by which he predicted the future. Now, that spirit that right there was not of God because otherwise, how could Paul have said in the name of Jesus Christ come out of her? But it mm-hmm. does not mean that every person with precognitive abilities. You had a prophet in the church at Antioch named Agabus who foretold mm-hmm. the famine. It came true. He foretold that Paul would be arrested and taken to Rome, it came true. That person mm-hmm. was not demon-possessed. Mm-hmm. You know, wow. and so the fact is, is they're taking what about these the, um, and making... The girl, the girl in Italy, um, my gosh, what is her name in here? This is where my MS comes in, because I do get forgetful. Uh, Fatima? Uh, um, there was the girls that, that in Italy that, that the, the Virgin Mary appeared to. Um, Melissa, you might be I'm more of a scholar on this. Than, 
I don't know yeah, the name. Be, I'm not sure about the story I, that you're talking I about. I thought it was Fatima. Uh, I can't remember, but this girl was condemned. Her and her cousins went, and the virgin kept talking to her and, and what have you. And this girl was condemned for it and what have you, what have you. I'll, I'll have to look it up, you know, when maybe we'll talk again on another show about this. But, oh, uh, you know, it seemed... It, it seems like, you know, when you do this, like I said, I, like I said, I had a lot of people that were very supportive when I was going through my hell on earth with losing my son. It was a terrible illness, you know, with both my children. My son more so. He had the worst form of it and losing his father at the same time. Even though we weren't together, he was, you know, my husband, the children's father, and we spent a lot of years together. That was torture for me, but I just didn't, 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 Betty? didn't until, yeah. I think the name was Martimer. What was that, honey? Martimer was the name, I think. No, I don't remember that. Oh, no, okay. I don't remember that. It might be, but something something to do with Fatima, F-A-T-I-M-A. Okay. That some, sticks in my head. We'll have to kind of look that up and Google I it. I Googled and, wrong. Oh, did you? Okay. Yeah. Google that name, the Fatima, the thing in Italy, and what have you. But anyhow, um, like I said, I, then I had these people that were supportive of me and how are you and checking on you and blah, 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 blah. And then I start the show, and I invite people to the show, some of these same people, and now mm-hmm. they want nothing to do with me, the show what I'm doing now, they think I'm crazy. So what's your feel on that one? Well, first of all, what is their basis for feeling that you're crazy? This is what I, I the first I, I feel like asking. I feel well, like maybe I people think are because I'm talking about this, that I've come out of the closet yeah. about it, that I'm opening mm-hmm. up about what's happening. I think a lot of them have felt like, well, okay, she's really, you know, that poor thing, you know, she's lost, look what she's been through, and then the hurricane, and losing all her belongings. You know, I've, things have come back to me, you know. P- certain people think you're nuts, because I've been through so much that I think they think I'm doing this because I'm off the deep end, which I'm not. If anything, I'm probably more together than I've ever been in my entire life, you know. Well, and, you, um, I told you the story of Tammy at the beginning of the show, you know, and I thought this is the nuttiest thing I've ever heard of, telling me that neither one's going to win a game. But when things came true and they proved themselves <laughs> yeah. out, I, I took serious note at that point. And then I began mm-hmm. to say, because this was in 1975, it was one year after The Exorcist had been in theaters, and people right. were saying basically, oh, if it's supernatural, it's of, of Satan. And, I, yeah, and I'm thinking, yeah. wait a minute, Dude, you know, I don't see anything satanic about her. She received Jesus Christ as her Lord and Savior. I was at her baptism. Mm-hmm. Um, she right. doesn't mess with... with magic or cards or nothing like this. I thought this is perfectly mm-hmm. natural. And I started kind of saying, well, that, how do I know what is the truth? And that's when I right. began well, to examine like, my beliefs. Mm-hmm. That's like Melissa and I. You know, I've had some mediums on the show, and they've talked about tarot. I'm not into tarot cards. Um, I don't do it. I, I am not into Ouija boards. Even as a kid, my... My friends would bring out Ouija boards, and I want nothing to do with that. Even then, Me either. As a child, I would never go near I them. I felt creeped out. I was creeped out as a kid about that. You know, so there was something telling me, don't mess with that. To me, I, I believe like dark energy can come through. Yeah, yeah. I, I felt the negative energy, uh, mm-hmm. Kevin. You know, even as a child, when people would talk about that or the the terror card. Like I said, I mean, if they want to do it, they feel whatever. That's their thing. But that's something that Melissa and I always agreed upon. We're not terror card readers. We're not. Um, yeah, definitely. We're not. not Ouija board people. We're not looking into crystal balls. You know, we're with scarves on our heads. That's not what we're doing. And I I think sometimes people confuse it. I'm not saying some of these people are wrong and that they're not Christian or whatever, but I. I just don't feel comfortable with it, and neither does Melissa, you know? No. So what's your feel on that? Well, 
I'll, I'll probably put it this way. First of all, um, Deuteronomy 18.10 basically, you know, warns us against using divinatory devices. You know, mm-hmm. a couple of, I'd say four years ago, uh, and I right. was talking with Melanie on the same subject, you know, she mm-hmm. said at that time, she said that, she said that, that the tarot cards were something that relaxed her abilities, like I guess if you took something to relax you and, and to be able to, to making things flow easier, but she said, I never relied on them, but then she said, mm-hmm. as soon as, as soon as you had showed me that my gift is from the Lord and I wanted to serve the Lord, I did away with tarot cards because she said, I knew it would confuse people. She said, I don't yeah. need the cards to do my abilities. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so she stopped and never, never, never used them again. I have. Yeah, see, a, I have the angel cards. I kind of did those because they were angels, and I didn't feel that was like tarot cards. But then I realized because I did. Well, one of the the most uh, one that, that stuck out in my mind was a friend of mine's daughter. She says, "Could you do an angel card reading on her?" And this is before I started like doing my gift gift. But it was kind of like a tool, like a backup. I said, "Well, I don't do tarot cards. You know, I, anything of the angels I'll do." But then I realized I don't need those cards. That was kind of like a crutch. You know, that yeah, I didn't realize really that I had the abilities that I do have, and I don't need a card to tell me that I do that, you know. So I can relate to Melanie, whether it be tarot or angel cards or whatever. I don't do any of this, you know, now. I mean, I just, people call in, and I said, well, if I feel something or spirit comes to me, um, if God wants you to know this and to comfort you, you know, then you'll get a reading. If they don't, I, I've never charged. I never plan on charging. Yes, I'm, I have financial issues. I've lost everything a year and a half ago to Hurricane Sandy. You know, I lost a lot in my life over the years. But it's, this is not a gift that I want to use to make money. This is a gift I want to do to help people. You know what I'm saying? That even I understand my book, that. And, yeah. Even you know you so often we don't we're not millionaires unless we're on the best selling uh, New York Times and there's a million people buy because we get like a dollar a book on Amazon. <laughs> people mm-hmm. think oh gosh well you you must be doing pretty good now you're a bestseller I've been a bestseller since I was out I've been number one at times in my in the genre of cystic fibrosis on Amazon. No, if they only knew what I took in, believe me, I I cost me more money. I put more money out with my books than I, I got from them. So it's not about money, believe me. And I think that's a lot of people see that cha-ching sign of, well, you got a radio show, and you must be doing pretty good for yourself, hot shot, you know? And it's like, I'm not making anything doing this. It promotes my book. It promotes my work. It helps me to help people. This is my volunteer work. They don't get that. They just don't understand that part of it. And to me, that's well, a true gift. Well, a distinction in, in chapters 10, 9 and 10 of my own books <clears throat> You know, to answer the question with people that something does not have to be full-time earnings for it to be your calling. And, in fact, I pointed out that the Apostle Paul never accepted even a penny for his work as an apostle. And then when he said to the Thessalonians, we work day and night to not be a burden to you, he was not only setting himself apart from the charlatans, but he was also saying, you know, by day I worked as a tent maker. Acts 18.3 tells us that was his trade. He did that all day as a, as a trade, and then he taught scripture uh, mm-hmm. at night. And, right. uh, and he, worked, he worked hard that way because he was doing double duty. Yeah, I've known ministers he, that have gone on the side and paint people's houses and 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 sure. tutor or whatever. Just because you're a minister and you go to the pulpit doesn't mean you're not working besides that. You know right. what I'm saying? Whether so it you be that or you should never have to limit well, yourself. You should be able to do whatever you want to do. 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, they think that we make all this money and it's all about the profit, and it's not. It's it's not. I'm not saying it's bad that people do this for a living or what have you. I just choose in my heart of hearts that I am now doing this to help others that that I know how they feel, that have lost children, to bring to light that we have to stand together, that's part of God's plan, that eternity will be with our children again, and, and life is temporary. And that's what the biggest point I'm trying to get across to people, you know, and I feel like some still don't get that with me, you know, because I still get that thing, you know, it's like, wow, look at you, and blah, 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 you got a new car. Well, if they knew the circumstance how I got the new car, my car went underwater, and like my house did for Hurricane Sandy, and there, there was a reason. I could not afford a new car, you know. But I, I've gotten remarks about that. It's like, oh, my gosh, you know. Um, no, it's not because I'm making big bucks. You don't know how I got the car, okay? But don't forget, so don't... a lot of criticism for everything he did. I mean, he could, you know, eat with, you know, publicans and sinners, and they criticize him for that. They criticize him for whether his disciples touched unceremonial things. You know, it was mm-hmm. always, mm-hmm. always, always criticism, you know, that he... You wound up dealing with. Well, you know, it's funny you said that because one thing that Lee, uh, Melissa's father, said to me, Peg, he goes, it was like an E.F. Hutton moment. You know, I listened to him, you know, because he was my younger brother and we always, you know, that type of thing. But it was like, he says, Peg, you're doing something right. Then I said, why? Because at times he's been questionable because of his work about, you know, us doing this and what have you, and knowing that we're doing it in light. But he, too, felt uncomfortable at times about things. But he says, Peg, if you have critics and you're doing something right, you know, because they're listening. In order to get a critic, someone's listening to something, you know. That's So that that was his explanation to me. So I was a little more comfortable with it. And it's like, because I feel bad at times, you know. I'm. It's not an ego thing for me or anything. And maybe some people do this for an ego. I don't have an ego that way. I really want to help people because I know how alone you can be with the loss of children. I know that life changes. I know that, you know, when everybody is celebrating the holidays and, like, my poem, Empty Chairs at the Table, I have those memories and those empty chairs while you're all together with your kids and worried about the, um, you know, the empty nest syndrome and they're going to college. And, well, my kids aren't coming back to this life with me, okay? I really have the empty nest syndrome, and it's seven... 24-7, every second, every moment of my day, okay? So I try to explain that to people that I, I, there's two people will say to me, well, how do you do it? I said, you have two choices and like live or die. None of us want to go through this, I, especially twice. Um, this is the only way I can explain it. There's part, it's part of God's plan. I don't know what it is. I, I'll know when I get there, I tell people. I'll know when I get there because... How do you feel on this that we choose our life's purpose? Do you, do you feel that's right, or what's your feelings on that, Kevin? Well, I do believe that the Lord chooses our purpose, but that uh-huh. He leads us through it. Now, 25 years ago, uh, mm-hmm. I was temporarily attending an Assembly of God Church with some friends of ours, and one of them said to me, she says, God has a special purpose for you, but you first have to learn to obey. Right. And I, I, I thought, well, that can mean just about anything, but now that mm-hmm. I look back on it, and I've said, you know, I had to go through a lot. I mean, 20, 23 to 24 years of it, nothing happened. It was after I met Melanie. It was after I started writing the book and everything, and everything came together. I began mm-hmm. to see where this obedience came in, you know, and, and you know, spirituality is defined by Jesus himself, you know. 
you know, abide mm -hmm. in me, for apart from me, you can do nothing. John fifteen five. Yeah. You know, our connection to obeying Christ is what grows us spiritually. Mm-hmm. Well, that's what I feel like. You know, Pete, I could sit here and cry 24-7 until I die. You know, and I think some people think of what they thought it was. Well, I've had comments, well, you wrote a book. It's like, you know, because you can hear it both. Oh, it's wonderful you wrote a book. <clears throat> and I've shared everything, the, the good, the bad, the ugly. I mean, I've not been a perfect person. I've made a lot of mistakes, and I still make mistakes, okay? And I ask Jesus for forgiveness, okay? I, 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 you learn every day of your life, okay? And and I just try to stress the point. I mean, I could sit here and and I do. I have my moments. The holidays are hard for me. The human side, the 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 anniversary, the angel anniversary dates, the days that my children were taken are hard for me. I cry like everybody else still. Even with my gift, I miss the human aspect of my children, of course, too. You know, I and I don't think people. Yeah, people just don't get it just because you have this gift and they do communicate. And mine have communicated with me in so so many ways. And uh, Melissa, too, you know, and um, but yet doesn't mean that you're not a human being because you're of the flesh, too. And while you're here, you're going to have your human emotions. You know, they don't see me on those days. I'm a wreck. I'm still to this day. It's been 12 years. Every time when Mother's Day is hard enough on a mother that's lost the children, but to actually have lost my daughter on that date. I can't even tell you how hard that was, you know, and I, I turned it around. I turn it around, I, I talk on the show, and I kid about it, I make lemonade out of lemons, is that Meg had two chill, has two children, and she was a really good mom for the four and eight, almost eight years that she had, she was a mom, and I felt like she was honored on that day to be taken home. This is the way I turned it around, because she was one of the best mothers he ever put here. So that's me making lemonade out of lemons. You know, I could sit there and, of course, my human side is like, why of all days, you take my kids, period, but of all days that day, of that day, of, and then I had to think about it, you know, and I felt like he spoke to me because she was such a good mom and she's going to be remembered for that. So that's how I kind of do things, Kevin. I, you know, like I said, I'm not perfect. I still, I still screw up all the time. You know what I'm saying? I'm human, you know, but... Um, I just hope well, with each thing that I do, I huh? you know, sometimes you're sometimes you're given all of this because you can help others who are, you know, experiencing loss. This is again what Mark Ireland last week, uh, you know, he turned mm -hmm. around and took Brandon's death and did the same thing as you're doing too. And I should have added yeah. when you asked me the last question that one of my guiding scriptures, Proverbs three six, is. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will direct your paths. In other words, the more I found out that every time somebody would say, you taught a great lesson, Kevin, I'd say, no, the, the Holy Spirit taught that lesson. Mm -hmm. I said, I was just the mouthpiece, and then he would take me one more step, one more step. Every time yeah. I kept making sure that I gave the credit to the Lord, like I will say right now, any answer I've had today on this show, I give mm -hmm. credit to the Holy Spirit, and there's other times the Holy Spirit says, you know, shut up, you need to listen to Melissa and Peggy, you know, and other times mm -hmm. I'll give you a chance to speak up, but at the same time I follow that, and mm -hmm. the Lord has continued to lead me through the different opportunities I've had, so I will mm -hmm. say the Lord sets the path, but the more we acknowledge, the closer we get. Yep. What do you That's think about um, the, the synchronicities of, 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 like, even with uh, Mark and I, where I kind of joke with him that 
I remember Richard, well, my kids, his father, who was on Steve Allen, well, all my friends were either at block dances and having fun, and, and if Richard, Richard Ireland was on, I was glued to the TV. He amazed me, and I, I brought that up to him. I said, your father was like my hero, <laughs> you know. And, and Mark said to me last week, probably you were glued to my father because you had the gift and you were trying to understand it. Because I would have friends say to me, you know, like, well, why aren't you coming to the dance or whatever? Well, no, I'm watching Richard Ireland. Do you know what I'm saying? <laughs> and then all of a sudden, I here it is 40-some years later. I'm doing what I'm doing, been through all that I've been through, and now I'm sharing being an author with his son, uh, who's also now experienced the loss of a child. And so that, to me, was like a major synchronicity, you know, that we should come together, uh, of all people, you know, like his father, I'm not going to say was my hero, but he was, he intrigued me, you know. He intrigued me, and I would have never thought 40-some years down the line I'd be interviewing his son on a radio show. You know, and it's the just very the pastor that that again, you know, coming back to Melanie, the pastor mm-hmm. that really helped her with her mediumship abilities was Mark's uncle Robert Ireland, who had a church here in Tucson. Right, and I didn't know Richard was a pastor too. He was a, he was also a yeah, pastor. Richard had a past, Richard was a pastor of a church called University of Life, which Mark mm-hmm. has mentioned, you know, on his site before. Um, right. Um, I don't know if that church is, is still around or anything, but, um, yeah, they both yeah. were. In fact, one of the things that the Melanie told me, she says, Robert would never give messages from spirit without praying first. She mm-hmm. says right. he was a very strong believer that his gifts were from the Lord, and so did mm-hmm. Richard. And so when I had a chance to get a book to Mark, which I'm not sure that he's got it yet, because we gave it to Russ, who is Melanie's son, who is mm-hmm. a chef at a restaurant that Mark comes into, but I signed the book and said, you know, Mark, I said, your father believed his gifts were from the Lord, but he never had the proof, so I'm honored to give you this proof. And mm-hmm. that's why I signed Is that how you hooked up? Uh, how long have you known Mark, uh, uh, Mark Ireland? Did you just meet him recently? I have, recently not, or, uh, I, have not, I have not met up face-to-face. I would probably say... Uh, since the group came into being, you know, because uh, Melanie knew Mark Ireland much better, and when I first put out the group and first put out the book, she got in mm-hmm. touch with Mark and told him about my book and said, um, is there a way you can send him a soft copy real quickly of the book so he can look at it and maybe even promote it? And so Mark got my book that way, and mm-hmm. he joined up with our group, and any time the topic has had to deal with loss, spirit messages, he has chimed in at what was mm-hmm. really needed, and I, I've been very grateful for what he's had to share. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah, I was really kind of nervous with him, Leslie, because like I said, I was, you know, his father was, meant something to me, and not, you know, like I said, all these years later, and him being, in, you know, the author of a few books, and what, I still get nervous with my shows, you're not as bad as I was on my first when I was a basket case, and the only other show I got really, really nervous with was when um, Dave King came on, because he's been in broadcasting for 40 years, and here, now I'm interviewing another author, which is fine, of, who has a, he, he's, he, he's doing this for a living for 40 years, it's like, oh my God. You know, I felt like, oh my, am I worthy of this? (laughs) Am I worthy of this honor, you know, to be interviewing somebody that's in this field? You know, know, I still have the human side of me, too. And I I try to 
you know, um, I'm me. I, I, you know, you and I. This is the first time we we we've talked, talked, you know, and I just kind of tell it like it is and in, in, in layman's terms and what have you and I'm just me you know I'm not, I'm not I don't feel anything special we're all children of God and and I don't feel any different from anybody else and and not an ego here you know it's not well I'm not a big shot doing this you know and um, I just come you know I try to come across but you know as just lay back which I am you know, but I, I still have that human side that when I interview certain people, I get nervous, you know, because I'm like, oh, my gosh, because I'm looking up to them. They're my superiors, you know what I'm saying? So, oh, it's, you know, absolutely. I'm just me. I'm just me. You know, I'm just me. And I, I kind of like when you said you sent me, uh, you sent, wrote something today that, you know, how you compared me to Melanie, that I say it pretty much in so many words. Uh, I say it like it is, you know. There's no pretense here or what have you. you just you know, I'm, I just talked like you're sitting in my living room. You know what I mean? And uh, meeting you, even if it's meeting you for the first time, I'm I'm pretty open to people. You know, so um, you know when I I try to make people comfortable. Sometimes maybe I don't. I talk a little too much, but <laughs> I just want to get the word out. And 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 with the work that you're doing now is, it's kind of like Melissa and I. Every show we usually talk after, right, Melissa? Yeah. You know, we, we question our ability, and we say, oh, should we keep doing this? And it's like, you know, especially when we get the negative comments and what have you, and, and or somebody tries to make us feel uncomfortable, and it's like, of course we're going to keep doing this, because we're, we know why we're doing this, you know? Well, I feel like we that's know part of that the challenge also is if you want to make yourself stronger, you have to take the negativity and turn it into something else. Like, anyone exactly. can say, oh, you can't do this, but if you believe that you can, then you can. Yep. You know what I mean? Yep. It's mind over matter when it comes to people like that. So. Well, don't yep. forget, too, yep. Melissa, there's a scripture that, that says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. They don't say, you know, I can do whatever I put my mind to, but we mm-hmm. say, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, Philippians 4.13. So, yeah. you know, so we know mm-hmm. that, you know, when he's on our side, you know, we can accomplish that. It's, you know, this the same thing... Uh, Hebrews thirteen six. He says, "The Lord is on my side; I will not fear. What can man do to me?" Right. Oh, there's the word, Melissa. Tell him about that word. <laughs> what? No What's fear. He, oh, no fear. fear. Yeah, that was my <laughs> yeah. We got a short story. Your daughter's motto. My daughter. Yeah. Yeah, she always had it on every one of her cars, and I never kind of understood it. I just thought she thought she was um, I didn't hear the word, a bionic woman, but she, I'm sorry. I didn't hear no, the word. Were, I'm sorry. The no, word when no you, fear. When you said, with no fear, you know, with through Christ, you know, we shouldn't fear. My daughter used that as an emblem on every car and everything yeah. that she had. That was her. She was known as the no fear girl. And I oh. always thought it was because she was like a daredevil. I just, but now it seems like every show, no matter who I speak to, the word fearless comes through or the word no mm-hmm. fear. And it, it's taken on almost like a prophecy of my, what my daughter was saying all those years. There's right. nothing to fear. There's nothing well, to that fear. was like the poem that I wrote about her. I called it Fearless. Without even, even like know thinking about. about it, like, I just, yeah, it just came to po- me, yeah. like a premonition. Yeah. I was like, I'll just call it Fearless, whatever. And then you're like, you mm-hmm. know what that means. You know what that symbol means? And I'm like, no. And you're like, mm-hmm. the no fear. And I'm like, oh, my, I didn't even think about it because it wasn't no fear. It was just a play on words. It was fearless. It was fearless. You know and, what and, I mean? So I was like, that I up didn't in- realize it. And it's in scripture. It's in scripture, like yeah. you just said. And uh, you know, and that, if anything, you know, Kevin, you you've comforted Melissa and I that in many ways that we, 
yeah, we, we both believe in each other. We believe in the show. We believe in our good work. But by you coming on and, and with your book, and I'm, I'm going to promote it as much as I can because I think it's terrific what you're doing, combining that we are all Christians and we're all doing things in the light through Jesus Christ. And even when you and I talked the other day, I told you how I pray all the time, but before the, you know, the shows and whatever, I do it, ask God through Jesus Christ and, and with the help of Archangel Michael to place his armor of protection against all evil. And you, and you said, you know, you just, you did that right because it's God first, then, then Jesus through Jesus and what have you. Remember saying that to me the other day? You're talking, Okay, yes. You're talking to me when we were having the Facebook yes. chat. Yes. Yes, yes. Yeah. Yeah, you said you said that, that appropriately, you know. They or in order, you know, that it's God first through Jesus, you know, and what have you. And uh you know, a lot of people, you know, go to church and whatever and I don't think a lot of people realize that it, you know, I I've got friends and family, whatever. And a lot of people, you know, they go to church and they feel, Okay, that's it and go for an hour Sunday and they go and do their thing. And it's like do you really? I listened to the sermons when I was a kid. I have to admit, times I'm like, oh, can't wait to get out of here. You know, I was a kid, you know. But there's still people that do that that don't really listen to the word, what words that are being said, you know. And um, hopefully, with shows like this and 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 someone like you that is very versed in the Bible and 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 being that you are, you know, ordained deacon that. They'll, we can, hopefully can wake people up a little bit more that it's not just Melissa and I coming on interviewing people or reading people that, you know, that we are all Christians and that we are all on the same side and we are doing this in the light. And, and that's, that's important to me that, that, you know, we're not, we're not into, like I call the eebie-jeebies of life, you know what I'm saying? And, uh... That's why you know, I feel that you're... Melanie, she never cared for the creepy stuff or anything that made it sound mystical because to her, it was a natural gift of the Lord meant to encourage, meant to mm-hmm. comfort. And that's what amazed me about you. Again, the way, you know, as you know, mediumship has several specialties to it, and yours and hers come very close to each other in the sense that mm-hmm. it was to repair relationships, to comfort, to know that. And I think it's interesting that you say that there's people who go to church and you think about it, why do we go to a church? It, we don't go to a church unless we believe in an afterlife. Mm-hmm. And I Thank think, you. okay, when I came to the group readings at, at Melanie, you know, I would see that people were comforted just to know that their loved ones were around and giving them signs and actually messages. And mm-hmm. I said to her one time, I says. Didn't they believe before that, that their loved ones still exist and is around them? She says, no. She said they finally realized the truth of it through through the group readings. I said, why are they going to church if they don't believe the afterlife? I, I well, said, you I know never what? You'll have to get my book, because actually I'm, I'm thumbing through it right now. Melissa, you you remember what chapter I wrote that? I had a whole chapter on that. Why no, is it I don't that you don't, that chapter. I'm kind of thumbing through it if I could find it, but okay. I can't see real well right now because it's well, the, the my glasses are fogging. It's so hot here. I'm sorry. I said, you know, the Kindle's more in my in my price price budget, but uh, you talk about the heat. It is 108 today in Tucson. Oh my god! Oh, my, but, but we have the humidity. You don't, right? <laughs> my my glasses are actually steaming, and I live near the nuclear power plant. Within Melissa and I both within a half a mile of it. That they talk about Indian Point, and they seem to lower the voltage when it gets really hot. So my compressor, I don't think, came on once today. I went to put my micro 
microwave on earlier today to heat up a hamburger, it took me four minutes to heat it up, which would take about 30 seconds to a minute. So they definitely lowered whatever that they're doing here. But uh, but anyway, not to get on the subject. So the bottom line, my glasses are steaming as I'm thumbing through here. But just what you said, Kevin, I do have a part in my book. It's like, why why do you sit in the pews in the church, quote unquote, I put? Why are you sitting in the in the, in the church pews believing the same thing that I'm trying to tell you? That, you know, we're all working and striving to be in heaven, to be, you know, in the light of God, to, to walk with him in, in eternity. And But yet you go to church on Sunday and then you leave and you forget all about it and you go out and you have a kickback and watch a ball game, have a few beers, get loaded, you know, some people. But yet I'm telling you the same thing, but I'm crazy. You know what I mean? So I don't – see, I try to, 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 to make – to make people understand by putting it in those terms, you know, and uh, well, the we're, we're on the same side. Saw, yeah, when you did the Heaven is for Real show, you brought out that reality in the movie that I really identified with was that, yeah, he's a pastor of, a, I think it was a Wesleyan church in Nebraska, Todd Burpo, but yeah, mm-hmm. when his son actually meets, uh, I think it was uh, his grandfather. Was Jesus. Yeah. Yes, yeah. But, you know, and knowing about, you know, his mother miscarrying twin girls or something like that, I think, in the movie. And, and you know, it's just like they can't handle the reality that someone could see these loved ones and mm-hmm. actually meet them. You know, it's just like it, it's okay to hear it from a pulpit or hear it from Scripture, but when you actually encounter it, to me, one of my mm-hmm. gifts is to is to back up. If somebody has... An experience. If I if something comes to me through the Holy Spirit to say, here's the scripture that supports what they saw, I share it. Mm-hmm. And these were the elders of the church, the backers of the church. That right. if you saw the movie, she came and and were basically kicking out of the church because you're you're in the pulpit and you were doubting it until he came and described the grandfather and, the, and showed the picture when he was younger and that the mother had miscarried the daughter before him that he knew nothing about and and he's in the pulpit preaching what he learned in, in the seminary or what have you, but yet when it came, like you said, on the one to one description of Colton. Going Going to heaven and meeting with Jesus, and even like you know, to backtrack a little, my dad worked for the church, and was, both my parents were very spiritual, very religious. Uh, they weren't perfect people, but they were very spiritual, very religious. You know, uh, 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 what you call Billy Graham came on. You didn't talk when Billy Graham was on, or or, or um, um, any of the other preachers of the time back then. You know, I agree. but um, yeah, I'm sorry. I said I could, I agree. I recall those days. Oh, yeah. Well, that's the way – Billy Graham, and what was the other one? I can't remember his name now. That's me at this time of night. But um, anyhow, Oral Roberts. Okay, you didn't talk when they were on. So um, now my dad was dying, and I put it in my book. It is kind of when the butterfly first thing happened with me, and I wasn't writing books at that time. My, my Everybody pretty much was still alive. We lost some family members, uh, prior to my dad, my brother-in-law, who was young. But my dad was dying. He knew his time was limited. My mother was in a nursing home. She was dying of Alzheimer's, and it was a rough time. And my kids were still with us. And I went over with my dad all the time, and I sat on the deck one day, and he looked at me, and he goes – and my dad, we used to call him Shaky Juice because he, he, worked, <laughs> he worked at the railroad by day. He was a boiler maker and at the church at nights and weekends. The dad, my dad worked seven days a week all my whole life, you know, raising the Kids, and so now he's retired and he's sick. 
and he looks at me, and it's kind of a funny story, because now he's got Wednesday afternoon, the Jehovah Witnesses were coming to meetings at his house. He was attending all these other churches, besides growing up Episcopal, working at the Episcopal Church, so he was covering all bases. He was making sure he was getting to heaven. <laughs> and he looked at me this one day, six months prior to his death, and he goes, Peg, what do you think it's going to be like? What am I going to do? I'll be bored. I said, no, you're not. I said, you work there. You do everything like you do here. You know, and I think a lot of people, I laugh about it, think we float on clouds and play harps. And most of I've talked about this on shows. No, you do stuff over there like you would do here, just differently, you know? And I think that movie, um, the way they portrayed uh, when when Colton went to heaven and 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 even the angels giggling when he he wanted them to play uh, the, the the rock song rock you. you know we will rock you and they giggled you know it's not like we're all going to sit there like unhappy and miserable and whatever and and then then I I looked at my dad that day when he asked me and I said to him I said Dad your body is your caterpillar and your soul is your butterfly and it's going to be released with all the beauty and I saw my my father's face relax and then we we went on to a different subject and I talk about that in my book that he was he was making sure all these years that he was into the church and into spirituality and into religion and all of a sudden he was scared at the end you know it's like well what am I going to do. I, I got it, you know, because he always couldn't sit still. He always had to keep going, you know. I said, you're going to work. You're going to work hard, you know, and you're gonna, your butterfly is going to come out. And that's where the butterfly thing started with me, even before my children's death. And then it took on significance after, you know. But, um, you know, it's kind of like what we were just saying also, Kevin, like people sitting in the pews and, and going to church. And then, then you have the story coming out like Heaven's for Real. And then now they're trying to kick him out of the church like until if did you you saw the ending where that woman that was trying to kick him out where her son appeared at the end and smiled at her I did. The, the marine i believe that had passed yeah away, that yes had, had that in, the, in the cemetery yes that was awesome yeah and even through him uh colton's father uh being condemned by her, and she thought her husband all those years was putting flowers on her son's grave, and it was it was Colton's dad, you know, doing it, and that's how they met up at the end. You know, you know, I don't want to give the movie away, but I guess I did. You know, thank you, Peggy. <laughs> but Thanks, Peg. No, it was sure. just no. Well, we saw it, Melissa. Actually, we could go right. see it a million times. We loved it. No, and I feel like uh, the I saw, she saw him was because she started believing it because and she that's was very what the word is believe. the graveyard. She was like. She was like, yep. oh, okay, well, you know, you saw him, whatever your son saw him. But then she was mm-hmm. talking about her son and how much he meant to her. And then towards the end, when she let everything in, when she just kind of stopped the front, that was when she saw her son. It was like mm-hmm. she Melissa, let the spirit back in, you know. Melissa, would you say a person's gifts will come to them or be strengthened as they're ready to receive that? Yeah. I, I feel like they'll definitely be able to be strengthened. Because they're starting yep. to believe in it instead of being scared of it, like not blocking yep. it out anymore. How do you feel about that, Kevin? You too? Yeah. Um, again, you know, with my own gift, it was a little different. It was the more that I acknowledged the Holy Spirit working mm-hmm. in my life, mm-hmm. the right. more it, it came to me, the more that I would be in a situation. I learned how that. You know, if I felt like, you know, i got to share this with Peggy or I'll regret it tomorrow, it mm-hmm. was the Lord mm-hmm. saying, you need to share this. Yeah. And sometimes I'd hear something and a scripture would come to mind to share, and mm-hmm. it would be what that person needed to hear. I did not know I had the gift. It turned out my own class told me, they said, 
I came to the church with a question on my mind, and you answered it before I could even open my mouth to say the question. Yeah, that was like wow. the night, what you said. I, I don't remember the exact part, but I was asking something. I think the question I was asking was, how do you know if a gift is meant for you as opposed to other people? And what you said completely calmed me because for a long time, like, I know I have these gifts, and I know I'm a very positive person, and my life's goal is to help people. I've always been somebody that wants to mm-hmm. help people, and I feel fulfilled when I do that. Well, when, you, when you look at Philippians 2.13, you know, mm-hmm. the, the verse before it says, you know, work out your salvation with fear and trembling, and a lot of people think, oh, that means I have to work for salvation. No. It mm-hmm. means that the following verse, for it is God that is at work within you to will and to work his good pleasure, meaning he creates the willingness. He created that willingness in you to help mm-hmm. people to proceed your gift. Right. He right. your tool to do your calling, which he put the desire for you to do your calling in there. You can mark that, Philippians 2.13. Wow. You know, it's, it's kind of strange. Not, I shouldn't say strange, but the last couple, because I've called it. I call it to other shows once in a while, you know. And there's somebody reading people and what have you. And one of the last uh, people I had talked to, she says to me, "My children came through and said, you know, that you're right where you should be. You're like I haven't reached my total like goal in life or whatever that would be, but I'm right where I should be as far as my work now." You know, mm-hmm. and that comforted me to know that I'm doing because sometimes I, you know, like most of my both question, like, should we continue the show or whatever? Is are people getting anything out of this? And then I'll get responses. I'll get some negative, and then I get a lot of positive too. It's like you don't realize how much you help us. You don't realize how much, you know, especially other grieving parents. Like, you know, we listen to your show every week, and we get so much out of it, and we don't feel so alone. And and so to me, that is rewarding. You know, that to know yeah. that. You want another unusual synchronicity? Yeah. Uh, sure, I'd love to hear it. Two months, well, first of all, two months ago, the first week of May, I kind of put a posting in the group in which I was basically saying, you know, I know I'm not a medium, I'm not a psychic, but I said I almost began to wonder if my own gift of teaching, if it's something that people don't want to hear anymore. And, mm-hmm. you know, as, you know, I, I feel like uh, I'm kind of going nowhere. I, I think I might have said, Partly, I, Melanie's death was still affecting me to a large extent, but the right. uh, a medium called me that evening, and she says, don't stop because you're the only one I know right now doing the work you're doing, and her name is your middle name, Shirley. You're kidding. You just gave me chills. That's so funny. You know? Oh, my gosh. Do you want to hear – did you hear – well, you heard the show last week with Mark and I? Well, his yes, grandmother's I name – his grandmother's name was Shirley, or his wife Shirley. I'm trying to think. Yes, uh, his wife's he, name is Shirley, I believe. His wife's Shirley, Shirley and sorry. his grandmother's no, name is Margaret. And I said, you know, yeah. and people kind of joke with me. It's like, well, where do you get Peggy? Well, Peggy's a nickname for Margaret, like Meg is, because Meg was Margaret, too. And my mom was Marge. So make a long story short, I've never heard anybody with the name Margaret Shirley like me. I was named after my grandmother, my uh, my, mater- my mother's mother, and my, my, my mother's brother's wife, uh, Shirley. And people were like, Margaret Shirley, where'd you get that? But when I started seeing, and re- when I was reading um, Mark Arlen's book, and I was seeing his brother's name was Don, his half-brother worked on cars, my husband and I got together because three of our four kids are race car drivers, okay, and that was in our, both our blood. We both, even though we worked regular jobs, we both were into racing, 
okay? So he had the Don with the racing. He had the Margaret. He had the Shirley. I was seeing so many synchronicities between him and I. I was like, I was writing that because he, you know, sometimes they'll give me questions and answer, you know, questions to ask them or what have you. I usually not not at a loss because I usually read everyone's book, you, you know, what have you. So I, I make up a lot of my own and kind of improvise in between. But I kept jotting things down with the synchronicities with him and I. You know, especially the names. It was just so weird. And even to the point where at one point in his book, he that statement from the cartoon character, Exit Stage Left, he said, that really struck me. And I had a giggle because when I was a kid, that's all I ever said to people. I didn't think about it. People I go, hey, Exit Stage Left. And even to that, I'm like, oh, my goodness. I've never heard anybody else do that. Like, I should do that. So it was really I weird. I said that but, off earlier today, too, and when I was talking about how the orb exited stage right to me. <laughs> yeah, really. Wow. And and you not knowing when you come on the show and you're saying your birthday is January 1st, and I'm like, oh, my gosh, she's got Don's <laughs> birthday. I was oh amazed when I found out that your grandfather's name was Nathaniel, and, you know, that's yeah. the one synchronicity in our families. Right. Yep, yep, yep. And like I said, and that happens to be my brother's middle name that died on April 22nd. Uh, or, or, or was his birthday was April 22nd. He died the 21st. Don died on April 22nd. So th- this it, it just blows my mind. It just absolutely mm-hmm. blows my mind of the – everyone it seems that I've had as guests on the show, even some of the um, the call-ins that we get for to be read or to contribute about the signs or whatever, there are so many two two twos involved, the mm-hmm. numbers, the numerologies involved, and 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 uh, I had two or three weeks in a row people that came on my show that had the same birthday, and guess it was like I think it was eleven twenty two, so there's your two twos again. Wow. You know, it it was it was like yeah, if you ever go back and get a chance, I mean I've done. 20-some shows now, but, you know, maybe you'll get the because I, I don't even know which one's which at this point, you know, but um, you'll see on every show there's so many synchronicities with the people that have come on. There's no there's no chance for that. Yeah, I mean, what like are the, there's what a are reason the why each of them called oh, in, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah, it's all part of the plan, and it's funny. I'm just looking at the board right now. Just as I said, 222, two, two, it just came up because we do have a caller listening. Um <clears throat> What's McClaw? Now, is there anything else you want to talk about the book? And we have about twelve minutes left. Time went by. And I, you know what, Kevin? I'd love to have you back on the show again. Yeah, that please be, okay. be back. <laughs> I would be really? very willing to come back on. You, you, you say the date. We can talk about it. You know. Afterwards, Definitely, maybe, maybe sometime in August, because I, I, I'm going to take uh, some time off for myself, but I am, um, I'm a guest on, on Healing Light Radio. With the, she has almost a half a million followers on her page. She's asked me to be a guest on her show, uh, Terry Van Horn in Texas. So I'm going to be doing her show July 10th as a guest. And um, the 15th, I have Sunny Wells and, and Christine DeMonk from Ask the Angels Radio Show. They're going to be my guests. And uh, so maybe sometime in August, or is August, do you have some, we'll, we'll talk some open dates i'd love to to talk about the bible more more about the book more about the synchronicities and because i don't feel two hours was enough for us tonight no i, I, like I know we barely scratched the surface and i think i i think i was able to give you a few things that you could take from the show that helps your oh, lives you've given me some things that help my life as far as understanding and seeing how gifts work and evolve in my life too mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, now, what about your wife? Did she have good feelings about the show when you told her coming on, or what? I mean, did she get feelings like she, that, or what was her feelings on it? Um, 
she didn't really seem to have any particular premonition. She was she was just she was excited when I told her on Friday at noon. I said I've been invited to be on um, Peggy Amanisi's show, uh, mm-hmm. and and I said I got I told her I said I have a feeling that that the Lord was giving me a break for a while due to Melanie's passing. But then uh-huh. after last night, I thought, wow, wait a minute. Look at all the similarities between Melanie and and Peggy. You know, yep. all, all the way through, I thought, uh, you know, it's almost like having Melanie again. I got, I, I'm going to share a quick story with you that happened to me on Saturday. I told you with the, the woman from Ask the Angels how she kept saying that my daughter was coming through and saying hello. And this woman's on vacation trying to get away from everything, and my daughter's coming to her. And I had such a wonderful weekend. Prior to the shower on Saturday, excuse me, <clears throat> I walk into the post office, and it's a hard time because I use a walker because of my MS. So I walk into the post office, I had a couple packages, and this lady opens the door. And it's unusual because people aren't so friendly in the same age at times. They'll see me trying to struggle with the door and the packages and the walker. And So she opens the door, and she gets talking to me, and she belongs to the Assumption Church, and I just have another connection for you. I shook her hand. I said, I hate to be you know rude. She told me that they have a healing master. She would like me to come. I told her, surely I had, you know, briefly I had MS, but I was on my way to a shower that was very important. I was kind of running late, so I really couldn't talk. She goes, I would love to see you at the healing mass. She gives me a card from the church with a saying from Jesus. Guess what her name is? Margaret. Margaret? Melanie. Uh-huh. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. I have chills really because odd, you know? it, I was thinking about it earlier today. I said, what was that? Like, oh, my gosh, her name was Melanie. And she was an older woman. I never met her before, and what were the chances of us being? Because I was running in and out as fast as I could with my MS or not, because I I didn't want to get there after the bride, you know, to ruin her her surprise. And I didn't want to be short with her, but I was really trying to get from my place, which is about 10, 12 miles from where I had to go and be there on time, but I had to pick up this package and what have you. And she opens the door, and she tells me about the healing mass. She hands me the card, and I said, yes, I know Jesus. I said, you should hear my show, and I gave her quickly one of my business cards. She gave me the card with the saying with Jesus on it, and then I shook her hand. I said, oh, what's your name? And it was Melanie. Yeah, I don't know what that means. I don't know what that means. I do not, well, and I, I sort of, I do not know what this means. I wish I'd gotten her last name. Actually, I think I'm going to have to go up to this healing mass to find out now. I mean, I would love to go to it anyhow, and the Assumption Church isn't far from me, you know. Yeah, I told her, I said, I'm a, you know, I know it's a Catholic church. I said, but I'm Episcopalian, but I'm open to, you know, I'm very spiritual and accept all faiths and what have you. She goes, no problem. And she goes, why don't you just come? What are the chances? What, what was that about? I'm questioning now, what was that about? Was that another Well, you know, one thing I've noticed about this is something, you know, that I even noticed in the church a lot of times is when you would have several people, for example, giving you the same message or you run across something that's meant to get your attention, that the Lord is trying to get your attention about something in particular. Mm-hmm. I wish I had a scripture to back that up, and I may have to send it to you at a later day as I find one. But Oh, that's fine. Send me anything and everything, because I love this. Uh, Kevin, I'm so glad that I met you, and I want to be involved in your work and and, and your wife and, 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 and find out more about you and, and the things that you're doing. And uh, and I know you've you've healed you, you've healed Melissa and I tonight in many ways, right, Melissa? Definitely. Well, thank you. Thank you. I did not yes, know that. Were, well, we I'm didn't know that you were going to do that tonight. either. <laughs> yeah. Now, what, hon? I said I'm very grateful that he was on tonight because I feel a lot better. 
Oh, yeah, I know, because like I said, because you still, because you have that human aspect, we question everything, you know, whether right. we do this work or not. And you still wonder, well, are we really on the right path? And it's like, I'm not a quitter, you know, I'm, I think yeah. I can't prove that, you know. But sometimes I, I, I get my doubts, but that's the human side, you know. And, uh, and you have been a breath of fresh air, Kevin. I want to thank you for that. You, well, you healed. You. You've healed yeah, he's us. like a healer, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you are. Maybe yeah. you may not be a medium or whatever, but you are bringing us together for what God has planned for Melissa and I for our work and taking some of these doubts away from us as strong as we are. And you come on the show tonight, and I feel another sense of peace in me, and I can feel it with Melissa. You know, because well, you we know, have I'd love to hear how, how this progresses with you because, again, as I said earlier in the show, that mediums have come to me before saying that once those doubts that they were having in the back of their mind that, oh, am I really doing the Satan's work even though I really sincerely feel I'm doing the Lord's work? But once that yep. doubt in the back of the mind went, the abilities mm-hmm. became stronger, more certain, mm-hmm. more specific, and I would love to hear how you and Melissa progress with this going from now into this. the future. Yes. Well, you're going to be on the show more than once, I'll tell you. <laughs> yeah. We need uh, you. We need you to um we need you to promote the work that we and other people that are working in in God's light through Jesus uh, are doing. doing. We exactly want to make people what aware that I would do this for. You are doing exactly what I did it for, which is to say, I'm going to give my mediumship gift to the Lord. It's going to be used mm-hmm. for his glory, his comforting of people and and, mm-hmm. and I I didn't think I was going to find anybody as readily that was wholeheartedly sold out for the Lord and was an excellent medium, and now I'm finding two. Mm -hmm. Oh, mm-hmm. thank you. I'm not saying I'm excellent. I don't. I don't feel. I think Melissa's yes, got it going on. Jesus' disciples. Don't forget, Peter denied him just out of fear, but then turned around uh-huh. and the Lord said, "I still got a plan for you, Peter. Yep. You, I'm yep. still calling you." So, yep. yeah, we're not perfect, but he he made us to be growing mm-hmm. in him and to be made more Christ-like, because you'll read in Romans eight twenty nine to 31, you know, that that he is molding us into the image of Christ and with mm-hmm. our abilities. You know, yeah, uh, none of us are perfect. It says that in Romans three twenty three, but it's him that develops us. Right, right. Well, I'll tell you, we had a few callers tonight that wanted to come on and, and ask questions, but I'm going to apologize because we're running out of time. But I will have Kevin back on in, in the next few weeks, if that's okay with him, which sounds like it will be. And Melissa and I will be excited to share whatever with you and for you yes. to talk more about the Bible. And you just make me want to go back and read the Bible. Yeah, you're making me understand it more. Yeah, that's it, because kind of ADD sometimes when I'm reading things, and I'm, I have to read the same thing over and over, <laughs> you know. And But the way you describe certain things, it just sparked my interest more and more that I really yeah. just want to pick up my King James and just read it from from front to back and really yeah, start to understand. Understand. He'll give you your understanding. The Holy Spirit will give you understanding of what you're reading. Mm-hmm. And don't forget mm-hmm. James 1, 5 says, if any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God. Yep. So it, it will come clear to you the more <clears throat> that you ask for the Spirit to enlighten you on that. 
And I'm glad that you're doing this, like I said, on the show, because the show is worldwide, and we do have the archives, and whoever couldn't get on, I know you had friends in other countries, and um, they can Skype us during the show, but I know crazy time differences and what have you. I don't expect people to stay up in the middle of the night and listen to us, but um, I'm glad that we can reach all these people around the world and give them these messages that we are all working in the light and that we're all working for everybody else's benefit, and we're doing it out of love and, and caring for you know our our sisters and brothers, you know? And uh, I picked up the George Melanie, too, because that's exactly what she wanted to do. Mm-hmm. Well, I think maybe now, you know, I have a, a one chapter, and we're down to a couple minutes. Well, actually, she just went to 222. Here we go. Okay, Melanie. Yeah, I think she's with me. Um, <laughs> I think that thing happened to me Saturday, because I questioned that. I said, that was kind of weird. But then after, and you, it just just happened with you and I. I said I got to get him on the show. How I came across you, you would contact me or whatever. I had I had to have you on. That's why I didn't have time to. I, I want to read the full book now and 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 talk to you on the book itself and what have you. And I apologize because yeah, it was a hectic you. weekend. But I'm going to read that book. You know, come come heck or high water. And 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 um, I want to talk to you about the book. I'm going to take notes. And I realize now that that Saturday. Okay, I'm down to a minute and a half, but I just want to say that that happened to me on Saturday with this woman. I think it was Melanie intervening, and uh, being that she had the same name, and I really believe angels do walk among us. And I do have a chapter on that in my book, you know, because I've had confrontation, or not confrontation, I've, I've met with people before that were not of here, and I know that they were sent. You know, and we, we'll, we'll talk more about that on the next shows, okay? But I definitely want you on a few times if that's okay, because I think we got a lot to cover, so Kevin. Yeah, we I'm think sorry, we're I awesome. think the Lord is only beginning with us all. <laughs> That's right. It only just begun, just like Karen Carpenter. Well, guys, we have less than a minute left. It's Melissa uh, M. is my co-host, and thank you, Melissa You're and welcome. Kevin. Okay, and yep. let's say your name proper. Kevin Schopel, and the book is yes. The Bible, The Truth About Psychics and Spiritual Gifts. Okay, and I hope you go out and get it. It's available on Amazon. And um, God bless you all, and thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you next Tuesday night. Oh, we'll be speaking to you then. Thank you, Kevin, so much, and I'll be in contact thank with you. you thank you, Kevin. Thank you. Thank you very you. God much. God bless. No, thank God you. Bless. <laughs> God bless. Have a good night. Good night, Melissa. Good night. Good night. Okay. Good night. Bye bye.